Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. folks, welcome to a brand new episode of 99 Potions, Fanbyte's premier RPG podcast. I am one of your hosts, head of Fanbyte Media, John Warren, and this week I'm joined by my two RPG pals. One is Senior Managing Editor for Fanbyte.com, Stephen Strom. Hello. Yeah, hello, John. I'm glad to be here and glad to be one of your two RPG pals. You're the only two in the world that exist. This old pair that you've always been doing this show with from the beginning. It's I great. Have, I be have back. no, I have no other RPG pals than you two. Yeah, that's true. They made it illegal for RPG pals to exist outside of America recently. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah. They did. It was it was pretty rough. Uh, <laughs> that the the voice that you just heard in updating us on U.S. immigration law is <laughs> our very own news editor Imran Khan. Hello, Imran. Hello, John. You can't not call yourself head of large this week of all weeks. Yeah, that's John. true. You well, kind of I, stuck I, on that one, huh? Well, the thing is, is that I don't. I have I called myself head of large. I feel like that's a privilege that other people have that I don't. Although I did tell this story, I didn't tell this story on the podcast because I think it happened after we recorded last it week. It did, yeah. yeah. Um, but I did go to my oral surgeon to follow up on an appointment uh, because I had an extraction in an implant put in uh, late, uh, like uh, fall last year. And they basically wanted to take an x-ray of my head to see if it was like, if the bone graft worked basically. And they took me to their main x-ray room and they, they <laughs> it's, it's basically this thing that you stick your chin on in this rotating machine just like flies around you. And and this lady is looking at me eye to eye and she's thinking that it's not going to work, but I, but I don't know what she's, I don't know exactly what she's thinking, but I know that that's what she's thinking in hindsight because she's like starts to manually rotate the machine and she's not running the x-ray yet, but she's just manually rotating it very slowly and she gets to the back of my head and it just hits. It just hits the back <laughs> Whoa! of my head. And she just, she's like, she's like, does this hurt? And I was like, not really. And she's like, she pushes more. And it's just like, I feel my face kind of scrunching up against this chin thing. And I'm like, well... And she was like, all right, let's go to another one. And they took me to this like storage ass room to do another head x-ray that they're like, oh, it'll definitely fit in here. And it barely fucking fit in the second <laughs> one. So I really am head of large, apparently. Um everyone's got pinheads at my oral surgeon i guess apparently i never know what to do when they're doing that extra like what do you do with your eyes oh my god like, i don't yeah. know right. what to look right i don't know either i'm like do i close them i feel like when you take an x-ray of you know when you take an x-ray of the rest of my body you usually put a big lead apron on me am i supposed right. to close yeah. my eyes or something um <laughs> 
Is yeah, that does that weird. help? Will that give me eye cancer faster? <laughs> yeah, and they also didn't tell me to hold my breath, which they usually do. So I was like, can I just fucking breathe, or am I going to be standing here just holding my breath for a minute anyway? Huh. There is, um, I had an appointment yesterday at the doctor. I had like laser hair removal, um, which is like going to the dentist, but for your whole body, uh-huh. I think is how most people describe it. <laughs> hey, Steven, explain, uh-huh. uh, how does that feel when the laser hits the body? Cause I've had this done before. Yeah. yeah it uh, doesn't feel good. It doesn't <laughs> feel great. I, no. Here's the thing is like the the first time I went in there, they were like, okay, they warned me so much. Like, this is going to hurt so bad. Like you're like, you're going to have friends telling me they oversold it to me too. Yeah. 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 And I went in there and they were like, we're going to, we're going to, it goes up to 10. We're going to set it to like seven to begin with, I think, or like eight to begin with. And then we'll use seven around like the sensitive areas. And I was like, okay. And I didn't feel a goddamn thing. That wow. first time I was like, did you even, did I just get like hoodwinked? Is this the, like the scam wing of the hospital where like they, they, this is a comedy clown for, jo- or a comedy joke for clowns where like they just put people <laughs> in and you spend $150 to shoot lasers at my nipples and nothing happens. Patch Adams is really running out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, real, the real solution is laughter. But that was like, but in that case, I don't even have like the excuse of like in, anything involving my mouth. I'm just like sitting there laying down as like a person is like hovering over me and it's like they start to have conversations with you and stuff like that and it it's it's very awkward it's just one of the i love that i love that we as a culture still can kind of rally around the idea that we have nothing no idea what to say in situations like that yeah so steven you're basically describing you at the laser hair appointment like e honda in the street fighter movie getting whipped and like scratching and picking his teeth do you remember that yeah yeah totally Uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah it's basically like that I mean, that was me yesterday because they turned it. This was the second appointment for me now. Uh, and they turned it up to 10 on this one. And I still didn't feel shit. It, Damn. That was fine. I was just wow. like, oh, whatever. They, they, she kept like saying like, okay, get ready, prepare yourself. And like all this stuff. And it's just like, they, and then they kept like stopping to ask, like, are, are you okay? Is everything fine? I was like, yeah. I mean, it, it feels like, like you, nothing. It feels like you put a bunch wow. of toothpaste on me. And then I, and then I just laid here for a while. Damn. Uh, Maybe they know it's not shit and they're trying to like hype you up as like, oh, this is going to really hurt. So, you know, like when you do get it, it's like, oh, this is not too bad. It's like the adult version of getting a lollipop at the end. (laughs) Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or there, or yeah, there might just be like waiting, you know, get, they get done with everything and, and then they just want to say, you are the bravest person we've ever had come through these <laughs> Please come back it's, and it's see like, us. It's like a video game demo. We're like, wow, no one's been, de- no one beat the demo. No wow, one beat the demo. Cool. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. beat the boss on your third try? Nobody's yeah. managed that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, listen, folks, we, we, you know, we usually do a news quest at the end slash beginning of every month. And now we're just kind of going no rules, just right Outback Steakhouse. This is our news <laughs> quest episode as we feel like we've missed about, I don't know, six weeks or so of some RPG news that we should discuss, yeah. including some big stories. Let's start with the biggest, I think, uh, which is the uh, very hilarious six month delay of Final Fantasy 16. We got some details about this, but not too many details. Um, yeah, uh, we don't have not, a lot of details about the game. No, that's what's yeah. so funny about it is that they're like, well, whatever time we said it was going to be, it's going to be six months <laughs> in, in, include, you know, in on top of that. So it's such a Square Enix 
move yeah. to be this way where it's just like nobody we have no release date but we're going to draw your attention to the fact that we are behind by telling you that we've delayed it what does that mean yeah. you don't know because there's no release date and it just makes me think of i didn't remember this until literally we we're talking about this now but remember the press event that they held to announce that they were canceling a bunch of final fantasy 15 dlc i yeah. do yeah and then yeah. like a month later to our Tabata left square enix is like huh what are those things related <laughs> yeah probably probably i would guess so um yeah so uh, yeah yoshida uh wrote this like long uh note i got when when did this drop was this before christmas uh, this was, yeah, right the day after Christmas. The day after Christmas. Okay, I knew it was yeah. around there. Um, and, uh, yeah, he said it's going to be a little while. Um, what do we think yeah. that means? Because we had heard, I, I don't know, I feel like we had heard different rumors about this game maybe being ready sometime in 2022. I never really believed that, but, like... Well, their um, internal, like, before the game, before the the famous PlayStation uh, show that like revealed Forspoken in this game, and I think there's two different shows, but like they, their plan was Forspoken was going to come out early in 2021, and <laughs> Final Fantasy 16 was going to come out like that in November. Right. Obviously, that is no longer the case. Oh my god. So like, I'm going to guess maybe if things have been pushed back six months, it could still theoretically come out in 2022, but not probably. I probably would guess not. 2023 at this point. Yeah, yeah. at the earliest. Like, it's a Final Fantasy game, so who fucking knows? Like, Yoshida obviously has a reputation, I think, at this point for being a closer, but also Square Enix has a counter reputation for if it's a Japanese game. Being an opener. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good yeah. point. That's a good point. <laughs> like, Yoshida, Yoshida does have that reputation. Like, and that's why a lot of people thought, oh, this game will come out faster than usual because Yoshida is involved. But Yoshida's not stopped working on 14. Right. Like, right. He's, he just yeah. shipped a major expansion that was itself, like, a little delayed. But, yeah. like, that, I don't see how he has the bandwidth short of just, like, being a Sakurai level, I'm just never going to sleep kind of developer. Right. To do both these games. But apparently he's doing them. And I guess something has to, like, Suffer is not the right word, but something's got to give at some point. I, I imagine they're in somewhat of a holding pattern now that Endwalker is out. Like, I yeah. imagine that that is not on autopilot by any sense, but I, but like the main scenario is written and the way that Final Fantasy expansions usually work is they put out the big, big, big story expansion. And then there's about half an expansion's worth of story that gets doled out in five or so big patches post-release. And then mm. there's like side stuff that gets included in there as well. Recently, we just had the release of the wings of the raid and all the raids have their own quest lines and stuff like that. But he's not really uh he hasn't been for a while one of the main writers necessarily uh on the expansions it's uh what is her name we had a great interview with her on the site not too long ago or or Natalie is yelling at the podcast Natalie right is now. screaming at me Natalie is in Nat oh by the way we didn't even mention this Natalie is <laughs> not on the show this week I I omitted her as one of our RPG pals but we of course love Natalie and she should be back on the show next week she's back from jolly old England but yes yeah, she is fucking thrashing right now yeah uh, she she jumped out of the plane on her way back from London and is now swimming <laughs> bodily faster <laughs> than the plane could move uh, yeah. but thank you for mentioning that John because it gave me time to google the name is natsuko ishikawa you got it i knew i knew buying you that time would pay off thank you you're welcome 
she does the, the a lot of the main writing, and I gotta imagine like the actual project stuff is basically and this is also like the fourth expansion that they've done for final fantasy 14 so like that team has to know basically what to expect at this point so he can probably be a little bit more hands-off probably yeah i i can i can see that he he has probably more time for f16 but i like that's still two major projects to juggle he's like he's not solely focusing his time on either one of those i would guess yeah, they're, they're huge projects. And I mean, I guess, I mean, it would also be news if Yoshida is basically stepping away from whatever's next on FF14. I mean, that right. has to be happening, right? Right. I Unless he, again, like a Sakurai level, this can't be done without me kind of guy. Right. Yeah. I I imagine at some point he just goes, okay, well, this, this train is moving. I can jump off it now and right. it will still continue to move. I almost wonder if it's, I mean, I don't know the situation with Sakurai. It's maybe similar to what I'm about to describe, which is that, like, I wonder how much it's less he doesn't feel like it it needs, like, he feels it needs his hand and more Square Enix on the other side being like, if we say that the guy who has become sort of not a tour level, I would say, but like he has a, a very dedicated audience who is like very much attributes a lot of the success of that game to him specifically. Mm. I wonder if they would be like, no, we can't take your name off of these projects. Well, it's like a from software games and Miyazaki. I don't know how much Miyazaki is actually involved in every game, but from software would be crazy to not say he's involved in every game because people lose their shit if he's not right. Exactly. Ever since uh, dark souls two. Right. And I, I I logistically don't know how he could be involved in every game because like, there were there's like significant overlap between a lot of those two. Yeah. Right. Sorry, yeah, I also have a I have a cat jumping on my desk right now. Okay. Yes. I, I so locked I'm, mine uh, out and they were both very mad. They're super mad. Yeah. I thought mine would be fine because I fed them literally moments before this started, and usually that just puts them into nap mode. And then Ramba was like, nah, 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 nah. Not today. Bet. No, I don't think yeah, so. I, got, I have more energy now to towards me. <laughs> right. I need to burn these calories by chewing on the <laughs> uh, headphone cable that you have hooked into your computer. <laughs> uh, uh, one thing I will say about the F-16 delay, they're surprisingly candid about why it was delayed, which is like, hey, COVID sucks, and here's here's exactly why it sucks. We can't get the assets we need from the people we're working with. Right. It is like they are not in the office. There's communication problems. The game is going to be delayed six months because literally working from home has been a problem. Which is like, yeah, that that's the lot that's happening to every developer. Right. But every developer isn't saying it. Just right. only Square Enix is up there being like, these, these are the actual problems. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it kind of worked for them during those. It, it's like it's like the you know it's probably legitimate, obviously, but it's like they were. They kind of did a test bed of that of that excuse with Final Fantasy XIV because they had all these issues, and it's like it kind of went yeah. over fine because it's a very understandable it's a very understandable thing to have yeah. happen to a workflow. So, yeah, I, I was I'm happy that Square Enix of all studios have been fairly honest about why these delays are happening because um, it feels like maybe at some point in the past it, they wouldn't have been. Oh, totally. I mean, we we see it happening. We talked about Imran. I think you specifically brought this up even like last episode, maybe with like Capcom is a good example of a of studio that just like it's very obvious that they were impacted pretty hard by COVID. It's like mm-hmm. not 
it's not a terrible secret or anything like that because of the way that Monster Hunter Rise launched and the post-release support for it has been, but they have not said jack shit about that. They've, right. they very much framed the uh, post-release updates for Monster Hunter Rise as a value add and not Monster Hunter Rise essentially launched into early access. <laughs> yeah. Not the ending to the game. <laughs> no, no. Uh, it was like uh, a, a narrative conclusion or something like that. Like they they had some weird phrasing for it or something. Yeah. So this one's really interesting because like for like the last six to eight months, I've been hearing, oh, Square Enix wants to reveal FF16 very soon, but the people in Japan who make those decisions want to do it in a live event where they invite press and do all that ah. stuff. And everyone in America is like, no, you can't do that yet. Like, that's yeah. not happening. So right. I wonder if, like, maybe the rec- like the case is surging. We're just like, okay, let's yeah, just, let's, just let's announce a delay. This is right. not happening. We can't yeah. do a live event. That is absolutely like you see. And the, like, again, speaking of other studios, you you see this happen uh, off and on, even now with a bunch of different studios where they're like, hey, do you want to fly over and come see this game for review or whatever in, in person? And then you say no. And then like two <laughs> weeks later, you, they, they like give a you know, follow up check and they're like, hey, we just wanted to, you know, check in again and see if you're interested at all. And then two weeks after that, they're like, ah, what if we just do it all online? Here's a parse yeah. link. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there was a there was an event I did a couple of months ago where like we were like, oh yeah, you come in person, and you play the game with like a bunch of people, it'll be fine, it'll be safe. Everyone's gonna wear masks all the time and all that stuff. It's like, okay, fine, if that's the way we're doing it, we're doing it that way. Then I find out that other people who I knew also had previews go up that same day, but they got to do it through Parsec. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I guess that was an option if you just didn't want to come. Yeah, if you just wow. pushed back on it even yeah, a little bit. You, weird. Jeez, that would have been nice to know. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's, that is probably the biggest news that we've had over the past, I don't know, a few weeks. Um, but it's certainly not the only news and certainly not the only delay. In fact, the most late breaking news that we'll probably be talking about today is the delay, uh, by many months of Stalker 2. Uh, this was announced this week. Uh, if you're listening to this, the day it was, uh, released and that it was announced yesterday, uh, that, uh, Soccer 2 is going to be delayed from what was the original date? April or something? April like that? something, I think. April, yeah. and now they're saying December. Um, now they famously were the folks that uh were going that that made a very, very, very uh kind of lengthy protracted defense of putting NFTs in their game. Uh uh-huh. they had they had a uh I'm I'm trying to remove it uh drill <laughs> uh moment and uh, it wasn't decided even- to walk it back. It wasn't even, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm trying to remove it. It's, hey, we're going to remove it because we believe in you, the fans. We believe no matter the cost. No matter what? the cost. And that is the that is the phrase from that, was, from that walk back that sticks that. in me. The notable thing about that is that it was 20 minutes after their like, very lengthy defense. Uh-huh. Very lengthy, we're, yeah. we're, we're, We think NFTs are going to be great. We're going to, here's what they add. Here's what, like, here's what benefit for us. And also maybe you, who knows? But then like 20 minutes, it's like, actually, we rethought it. NFTs are bad. Like, yeah. so there's clearly somebody there who's like, I fucking told you guys. Yep. Yeah. This, look at the Twitter responses. This is bad. Someone yeah. lost an argument and then very rapidly won the argument. Won the argument. Yeah, exactly. It, you're you're right. And I think that, you know, uh, I think, Imran, you mentioned this earlier, and I agree that, like, if they're delaying this now, then there's almost no way that that December date is even true, right? Yeah. I mean, like, like, if they know now that there's no way 
then this this game is probably not where it needs to be. And I would speculate, and this is again total speculation, based on the 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 uh, the notes that they released about the NFTs. Uh, it sounds like to me that they were really actually trying to get NFTs to be part of their funding plan for their last like sprint. Like right. it sounds like to me that. I don't know if there's an active financing issue, but something is happening where NFTs were a big strategic part of that rollout. And now that they're not doing that, it does not surprise me that this is, this is going to take a lot longer than they said. Um, that could be bullshit. Like there could be just like, they could have just had very normal, like, Oh, our eyes are bigger than our stomach kind of game dev uh, scope creep stuff, which is like super, super common. But like, um, I don't know. I, I, it would just be interesting to see how tied to the NFT stuff the, the delay actually is. I kind of got a, like a, a Cloud Imperium Games kind of feel from the uh, NFT idea of like, yeah. what if we just sell stuff before the game is out? Sure. And then like, and then we never have to make the game. Yeah. Then like, <laughs> it'll it'll fund the last seven months of development. It'll be great. It'll be fine. And now they're like, uh, that that didn't work. So now what? Yeah. I who are they self publishing Stalker too? I assume they are. I know they've got at least some kind of deal with Microsoft because they were at that Microsoft, that Xbox One X. No, what the hell do they call it? Series X. <laughs> God, uh, it's been two years or whatever, and I still can't keep the names of these things straight. Uh, they were part of that original showcase, and so they're involved with Microsoft in some way. Uh, but it's they are self-published. It's GSC Game World uh, okay. developer and publisher. And yes, it is just coming out for PC and Xbox Series X and S. So, so there, there is like something we're, there. We're, yeah. Yeah. They're not asking for more money from the publisher. That I can kind of get the NFT scheme at that. Like they think it's a way to make money and they're right, but like not much money. There's right. not that many people buying NFTs. Well, that's just it. Is like the 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 people, the the NFT scammers are are very vocal, but when you actually look at the numbers of people who are interested in doing this stuff, we've seen, especially with the, like, this is obviously the most visible example to us in this side of the industry, because it was like one of the, you know, Ubisoft loves to be the first to do XYZ. So they did that Ubisoft court stuff and people looked at it and it was like nothing. It was like no movement on whatsoever. Nobody gives a shit. Right. Yeah. I, Konami started selling Castlevania NFTs last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're literally just clips from the game. Oh, like that's it. It's like you can God. own you can own five seconds of Simon Belmont whipping at the bat boss from the. You can own level. a receipt Ugh. of the exit that there's a, that the thing exists that that scene exists somewhere. The thing Far is, enough. in the video package they showed, there's like it starts with like a little cube that has like all the clips playing on it at once, like each side is a screen. That would be cool. Give mm. me that thing. Give me that physical item of a thing that just plays Castlevania clips on a cube. Right, and I, and I would totally <laughs> buy, I would buy that and put yeah. it out somewhere. Uh, the other thing about GSC Game World specifically that's kind of weird is like, I, did either of you play the original Stalker? Uh, any, briefly. Like, okay. I briefly. dropped my gun yeah. and someone picked it up and then shot me. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is it's one of the greatest games ever made, which is, I agree with. Uh, the original Stalker, they made two sequels and those are like that are kind of like standalone expansion type things almost they're they're very strange um but good they're all good i i played stalker shadow of chernobyl when it first came out and was very like so i'm very much a person who was like looking forward to this but post stalker becoming like this kind of like surprise hit of the eurojank 
era. It was like came out at a similar time as like the original Witcher game and like like European games were kind of becoming known and bigger in the West and stuff like that and getting some money behind them and people were buying what they were selling. And and when that happened, GSC Game World kind of imploded because they had like very clearly no idea how to follow up that success because like some people wanted to keep making more stalker games some people wanted to go do other stuff so the the actual team that is gsc game world is i don't even know what they are anymore because there are about 400 other studios out there that if you'd like go onto steam and just hit a the random button there's no random button on steam but you know follow me down this mental rabbit hole real quick if you go to steam and just like hit the random button uh, you'll find a game that says from the original creators of Stalker. Cause like, you know, 400 of those people all split off and made their own studios that are making their own things. Like there's, there's Chernobylites, Metro, all these other kinds of games that are in that style that don't have the Stalker name. And they haven't put out a Stalker game since 2009, yeah. uh, which was Call of Pripyat. So like the idea that there would ever actually be a proper sequel to Stalker 2 after they like stopped and started and rebooted it so many times is actually kind of shocking. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm very fascinated by the number of like the Twitter text on image like templates they seem to have. Because they've used at <laughs> they least have a lot. in the last two months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they, have a a de- they have a department for that. <laughs> for uh for text templates. I um, mean everything for everything you might say about CD Project Red or CD Project Red depending on how you want to pronounce hey. it. I, so well, actually uh, their communications guy saw that tweet and replied to me. He's like, just call it CDPR. It's fine. I didn't realize uh, that reply was from someone at CDPR. That's really funny. <laughs> Very but, funny. Uh, whatever you might say about them, they got the branding down for their apology letters. It's like yellow background, the logo and black text done. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. Yep. They, they have become the default at this point. Whenever yeah. somebody wants to make a meme about having to post a fucking notes app apology, they'll uh-huh. make it like black text on yellow background. Yep. 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 They've done it. Um, well, okay. So that's stalker. Uh, but we also have word of a, uh, well, we have pretty much a confirmation of a new armored core game, but there are details in there that are still, I would call them rumors. Some leaked images got on. Uh, I think it was Reset Era. Uh, and uh, we also have heard that there will be involvement from FromSoft director uh, Miyazaki. So what do we think about this story? Because it's a pretty wild one. It makes sense. Like They've been talking about doing Armored Core, like going back to Armored Core for the last yeah. eight years. Yeah. It's like I think Elden Ring took a lot longer than they thought it would, and like they they had to deal with <laughs> Sony. You get George R. R. Martin in there, and suddenly these projects just get stretched out, huh? Yeah, he has he has like a sta- an enemy stand that is just slowing down things <laughs> that he's working on. Uh, but yeah, it 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 makes a lot of sense, and especially if they're making it a bit more Souls like. From what the description said, so the story came about because somebody on Resera got sent a survey for the game. It was like, what do you think about this? These details. This like, like had some video and some screenshots. They weren't they weren't able to post the video because it was like had their their name watermarked all over it. But mm. one, I'm shocked that doesn't happen more often because these surveys get sent to a lot of people. Uh, two, it does seem to be legit. It does seem like yeah, they're 
at the very least talking about an Armored Core game, and it does seem like it's pretty far in development. Not far enough to be shown yet, but far enough that they're like hammering out the details, hammering out the marketing campaign right now. It, yeah. it looks like an Armored Core game, which if you've never played those, those are like... They're not one-on-one mech games, like the Gundam no. games. They're like, they are, they're kind of slower-paced mech titles. They're, they're slower-paced for mech titles. They're slow action games that take pla- typically take place in like destroyed, bummed-out ruins. Um, yeah. And you are like, it, it faster than a mech warrior, but slower than a Gundam versus, right. Yeah. Yeah, and then these seem to be like, these... Based on the screenshots we saw and the descriptions are faster paced than Souls games, but still have a Souls game style formula. So they're not completely veering away from what they've been doing the last 12 years, but they are like, what if we made it a bit more faster paced? I'd assume Sekiro style and Mm. like made it so you're in a giant robot with guns and a sword, which seems cool. I'm I'm on board with that. Yeah. There there is a long running kind of joke, but unless kind of like uh you know oh please don't take me seriously when i say i want armored souls unless no but no (laughs) please don't but unless um where it's just like what if we put mecha souls or armored souls as people talk about this all the time like marry the two big from software franchises together into one thing where it's like you get possibly get in and out of a mech you know armored core you don't typically get in and out of your mech you're just always in the mech but like you know people i think after the release of xenoblade chronicles x especially i think we're reminded how cool that kind of is and like getting down on foot to have to go into you know interior spaces or whatever and then getting back inside of a mech to go fight like big things uh, would be really cool. There's uh, one of these screenshots specifically that like, I think is the one that makes me really think of Armored Souls or Dark Souls specifically is the shot of, it looks like probably your mech standing at the foot of like this giant sort of like tank fortress, like this building-sized tank with just a bunch of like guns of Navarone type looking things sticking out of it or whatever. And the camera is angled below your mech in such a way that it makes you look very small next to it. And like that kind of tone really works for me. (laughs) That's kind of this idea of you like fighting this asymmetrical being that is kind of like unknowable, but is also recognizable as a piece of like modern military hardware. It's very cool. I want to see Miyazaki do some sci-fi shit. Mm -hmm. Because like he does, he, that's part of the great things about like the Souls series or Souls games in general is that they have really good world building and really good environment design. What if you did that, but it was also like weird alien shit? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it could be really cool. Like, if this stuff is just straight up true, um, we we could be seeing kind of the next uh, FromSoft thing after Elden yeah. Ring. Now, I'm just ready for us to get back to Kingsfield, but that's right, me. Yeah. I mean, um, if they did Kingsfield now, it would just be Souls again, right? Like, yeah, but it needs to be first person, though. That's the thing. Mm. I need well, first person, bad skeletons, uh, clambering toward me, no visibility. <laughs> um, that's what I need in 2022. Why don't they just Cookies make the entire game, but souls like, Oh yeah. yeah. That's good. John is over here. Like, why don't they just make the entire game out of the blight town? 
Yeah, why don't they just do that? <laughs> I just I don't want to see anything, and I want just skeletons everywhere. Um, uh, let's stick with From for a second because we also saw Elden Ring's character creator uh, get leaked? Question mark. I think they've just basically just showed us what the character creator looked like. Um, it, it looks a lot more realistic. Like the faces of these default Elden Ring people look pretty much like a human face but mm. don't despair you at home thinking but i want mine to look like um shrek put through a fucking ringer it's like you can still do that because the person that made whatever character this was from uh looked like fucking i don't know what what is uh some sort of dime store Shrek. So it was, it was great. Um, you could still make your characters look like unbelievable perverts, uh, from the swamp. So that's like, yeah. that's no big deal. Um, any surprises you, from this? I don't think I know what any of my souls characters look like under the armor. Sure. Like I can't remember any of them. So like the, I look at this and the most thing, the thing I'm most excited for is like when Merit starts playing. Yeah, yeah Ellen Ring, exactly. Sure. That we're going to make just like the most fucked up, like swamp pervert possible. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like I also never really had a very deep affection for like my, the visuals of my character outside of the armor that I put onto them. And I would, I definitely love doing that. Even in the technical test, I found like this big giant bearded stone statue head that I put on my character and like gave them weird kingly robes and stuff and made them look like just a complete psycho. Um, but the, like now that Merit Souls has happened, I'm super, super, super interested. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Uh, I started playing uh, oh, Final Fantasy 14 recently. Mm. Ah, and that's news. What one, I, I've changed my character from like a dragon person to a Vera bunny guy. One, <gasps> because John said I could expense it. So I did. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect, perfect, perfect. Uh, but also, like, since I'm a gladiator, I, I apparently have stumbled upon the one piece of armor that makes me wear a helmet, which yeah. makes all of the cutscenes stupid as hell. Yeah. Because it will, like, your character's supposed to emote, and, like, you, the camera, like, closes in on them, but it's just me and my dumb helmet just for, like, two seconds with no facial reaction whatsoever. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, like the, they got away. That's in the pre-expansion stuff. I think they got away from that like almost immediately, but it sucks. It sucks that it's still <laughs> in the game, honestly. <laughs> it's very funny, though. I think it's a good rite of passage for you to have to go through specifically, Imran. I'm glad yes. that you have to uh, endure that. My partner has remarked several times I, I look like a sad Dark Souls character. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because I'm, I'm, I'm like riding around on the big fat cat mount. And like I'm having a hell of a time, but my character does look like they're like this is Lordran and like everything is dead. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't look as cheery on this big fat cat. Yeah. <laughs> I do like, I didn't even know this until you just said that. Um, you followed the same arc that I or a similar arc that I did, which is when uh male Vera dropped in Endwalker, I switched from a fem- female Ora to a uh, bunny boy. Yeah. I need to make my skin darker and I need to get rid of my goatee because the goatee just does not play as well as I thought it would, mm. which is how I imagine most goatees go in life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, you you can change hair and facial hair without spending real money. Uh, yeah. Skin, I think you'll have to get another Final Fantasia. Apparently, no, I, I, need, I just need to visit the uh, aesthetician. Oh, aesthetician? they will also change yes. skin color? Okay. Apparently. 
According to the wiki, unless the wiki is lying. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's what estheticians do in real life. They just change, <laughs> change skin, skin color all day. Yeah, that's you a tanning bed for. I was going to yeah. say, you have to go to the beach, uh, equip the swimsuit, and then uh, tan three real world days. Three uh, real days. <laughs> that, um, in Animal Crossing, that used to be the only way you could change skin color. I yeah. remember this. Yep. Yeah. You would Terrible. go to the beach and lay down and sunbathe, and then come back. Like, I think it would change back after like two days of sleep yeah Yeah. austin walker i think one of his earliest stuff things that he wrote about like in the game space was about that so which is why i know about it in the first place (laughs) i know about Uh, it from nikki who was relieved uh, when you didn't have to do that again um with the new game um Okay, well, we just talked about Final Fantasy fourteen, so let's talk at least for a nanosecond about the uh, Pandemonium raid uh, that just came out. Um, people seem pretty happy with it, and it's but it is complicated, like a lot of raids are. And of course, if you want to get an inside edge on it, you can of course go to uh, thelinkshell.com and see all the guides that we've written for it. Uh, thanks, Mike Williams, for all those. Um, none of us have finished in Walker, correct? No, nope. still not yet. No, nope. I am in fact still so early. I don't know. I like what the rest of the game is about. So yeah. like, I'll see the Endwalker logo and it looks like a ship going to the like a planet. And like, what the uh-huh. fuck is that? Sure. Like, I <laughs> I am still in a forest. I just joined yep. a grand company. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know. What, yep. A friend posted a screenshot of like being on the moon and being stuck in some sort of weird pod. I'm like, what uh-huh. the hell? Where does yeah. this game go? Mm-hmm. So like, everything I see in Final Fantasy 14 now is like this weird contextless fever dream. Yep. FF14 is like, uh, what if the opening of Chrono Trigger where you go to the fair lasted 50 hours? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty That's pretty accurate. Yep. Uh, and you're still kind of in there, huh, Imran? Yeah, I, I'm enjoying bopping around and doing like, oh, we're going to go fight the, the weird elf people that are also threatening us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah John, how far uh, are you in that game? Are, are you much further than me? Uh, I'm like, I'm a little bit further than you, yeah. Um, yeah, so you definitely, yeah, it, I I will say this, you're not that far away from the game starting to go some places. I'll say, okay. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, it, there's definitely the, the, where I am now versus where I was around where you were, I was definitely in the mode where I was like, wow, when, when does this get interesting? Um, (laughs) and it starts, it definitely starts to get interesting with like different factions and stuff. And once you start to travel to different areas, it's like definitely, Things open up and feel really interesting, but they, it is so like where even I am now versus where things end up is still fucking night and day from what I understand. So it's yeah. just very interesting. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I'm personally about, I think I'm a little over halfway through Endwalker now, um, which I can't talk about at all because I don't want to spoil anything for either of you. <laughs> but I'm sure when we actually, we should definitely do like a Final Fantasy catch up spoiler cast thing when a bunch of us have all played it through all this stuff. Natalie is obviously not here, but she beat that shit like 15 hours after it came out. They were like, did she, uh, actually, hmm? did she beat it before the game awards? Was that, did she yeah. accomplish her goal? Totally. I believe so. I'm, mm. I'm almost certain. Okay. Th- that explains why she was so terse in LA and not just because she doesn't, she's normally like that. <laughs> no, she's just like that to you. <laughs> yeah. Just, just to you. Uh, That's funny. Um, but yeah. Do you want to talk about but, another MMO? Oh, sorry. Oh yeah. No, no, no. We can talk about another MMO. I'm, I'm basically done with that. You want to talk about uh, like, wow, or like uh, uh, Guild Wars two or 
Um, those are the only two other MMOs I can think of. Mm, no, um, I've got another one here. Uh, John, which one? Well, wait, what was it called? Wild. The Wild the Star. Star. Wild Star. That's I play. I played that game for quite a while, actually. Im- Imran. It's so funny because I was literally, I was like, I had my, I had my shoulder loose and I was winding up a punch. I was winding up the joke that I was going to say, no, John, I want to talk about Wildstar. That's really good. That's really good. No, we can talk about Elder Scrolls Online. Fine. Yeah. We, uh, you know, we, we have to do this for merit, I think. We have to do this for merit. We have to do this for Dylan. Dylan, the only person I know that plays more Elder Scrolls Online than like anybody um, but even though he now is also he's now the, on the Final Fantasy 14 train. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that there's even a lot to say. Like most Elder Scrolls announcements, it's just kind of like, well, we'll have some more to say later. Yeah. But they, <laughs> they're, they put still, a, they're still making shit. Yeah, they're still making shit. And it seems very popular. That game still seems like people really like that. Uh, people who like what do you call it? Um, Skyrim, I think it's called. Mm, yeah. People really like. Hey, if you want your fix of Elder Scrolls stuff, it seems like you can find it in Elder Scrolls Online, uh, and you can find more later this year in 2022 because they are going to a never before seen world. Is what the, how they phrased it? So what sometime they said. in 2022? Yep. Um, there many fans suggest the the piece I'm reading right now. Um, uh, that says that fans are are kind of suggesting High Rock, a place uh that features warriors in Breton style heavy armor. Uh, but that's not new to the franchise, so I like don't know. They, you know, it could be a situation like in Final Fantasy 14 where you go to the moon, but you also go to Garlemald, you also go to Thafnir, you do yeah. all this other stuff. Yeah, it could be it could be some sort of I don't know like yeah I remember when the Shivering Isles came out which is an expansion for Oblivion, um, that's kind of like a different dimension question totally. mark. So yeah. it could be something like that. It could be just a region that we haven't actually been to in one of the games because there are a couple. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll we'll find out not too terribly long from now. I don't think so. Do either of you have a particular affection for like Elder Scrolls or Elder Scrolls lore and like care where they go? <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I definitely have a fondness for the franchise, uh, but it's so funny. Those two questions are unbelievable. They have such different answers. It's unbelievable. It's like, it's like, yeah, I have a lot of fondness for Elder Scrolls. And if you, and then you finish your, then you finish your question, Elder Scrolls lore is like, oh, goodness, no, no, I don't have any sort of fondness or attachment to it. I, I feel like, I can wait until Elder Scrolls 6, until that game comes out and like, okay, then I'll get my like fill of Elder Scrolls for, mm, I guess, yeah. a decade, sure. and then I'll get to the next thing. But like, for me, Elder Scrolls Online, the enduring legacy is that one E3 where like the somebody from the development <laughs> team was on stage and there was someone in the audience who was like, more hyped for the Elder Scrolls than what that person was saying than I've ever seen anyone hyped for anything. Yeah. Like yeah. they were screaming at the top. They're like, yeah, yeah, Elder Scrolls. <laughs> and it wasn't like, it wasn't like a crowd roaring. It was one person in a yes. otherwise silent room. Yes. <laughs> like that's all I think. Whenever someone mentions Elder Scrolls online, I'm like, I hope that guy's happy. Yeah, totally. As long as, hey, that's the barometer, right? As <laughs> long as that guy's happy, long we're happy. Long as that guy's happy. Todd Howard is happy. Uh, I, this is an insane thing to say. Okay. I've been, th- <laughs> I've been I'm thinking- ready for it. <laughs> I've been thinking of going back to play Oblivion. Okay. 
Sure. I tried playing Skyrim. Yeah, um, play, 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 get that Mayroon's day gone out of here. Yeah. It he, recently came to the Xbox BC. It did. Yeah, that was did, one yeah. of the things. Uh, the, the, that's the thing about it is, is I, so I watched a couple of things have conspired. One is that I, I played a bit of Skyrim after playing uh, Fallout 4 because it's like, I used to like some of these things that Bethesda did. Maybe yeah. I can get more of that. And then I played Skyrim and it was like really boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the thing nobody talks about with Skyrim <clears throat> is how boring it is. Um, and then I like watched a video from like seven years ago, whenever Skyrim came out, um, a couple years after Skyrim came out, I think it was a GameSpot video where they were kind of like comparing and contrasting what was interesting about Oblivion that they really sanded away in Skyrim and like talking about how Skyrim is just like completely chock full of dungeons where you go and you get those, those words of power or whatever. And all the dungeons are basically identical, where it's you go in, you kill a skeleton, you maybe solve a puzzle, and then a shortcut magically opens up because some boulders fall down and reveals, like, this is how you can get back out to the entrance so you don't have to retrace all your steps. Uh And you get some loot, and then you leave. And then you do that 600 more times. Yeah. And they were talking about, like, in Oblivion, they hadn't figured that shit out yet, so it makes the world feel a lot more natural and lived in because sometimes you'll go into a dungeon. There will be two goblins just sitting in an aqueduct together. You kill them. There's nothing else in there and it's a dead end. And then you just have to walk all the way back and have nothing to show it for it. You know? And it's just like, it's it's because they they were clearly building that world very and they were making it big and that was what they knew how to do. But everything else was just like so nascent and primordial it it yeah. just feels very different. And like the, the main story too is like Skyrim is very much the like video game story of you're the coolest guy who ever lived and you have to do all the most important things and become the God of, of everybody and the King and also get your own nation and your house. And you're the head of the dark brotherhood and you're the head of the mages guild and you're the head of this, that, and the other thing. And then in the oblivion storyline, they basically talk about how, yeah, you're just kind of some shitty courier who works for Sean Bean, who's actually the real important figure in all of this stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Stewart thinks you're special and like, that's, that's enough true. for me. That's enough. Yeah. That's enough. I, I, I am really looking for, and this is maybe giving Bethesda and Todd Howard way too much credit, but I'm, I'm looking forward to when Elder Scrolls six comes out and they, they took all of the right lessons from Skyrim. Like I don't like, Steven, if they come out with another fucking Elder Scrolls game with uh, with 600 identical dungeons, I'm not going to play it. Like, I'm just yeah. not going to straight up not going to play it. Like, but I would I just can't wait for them to, like, like fucking <laughs> break the dam of, of their own self critique of Skyrim, because I feel like they've been sitting on it for a fucking decade right now going like, <laughs> yeah. like, we have to keep selling this every few years because uh, you idiots keep buying it. Yeah. But like, eventually we're going to be like, yeah, we made this with a bunch of building blocks with like, we were under duress the whole time. We had to get something out. This was not our best work, not even remotely. And now we're doing something great. I'm probably giving them way too much credit, but if that does happen, I will be very entertained. Um, yeah, I can't do another game where I slash at an enemy who just doesn't respond to my attack. I hate right? that shit. That like, shit th- drives me nuts. That about them has to be entirely different. If yep. they, if they're like, if it's just the Skyrim thing again, like we know you guys love Skyrim, so here it is, and like bigger and better graphics. And I'm like, I'll play it, but I don't. I'm not gonna be happy about it. Yeah. 
I, I think one of my primary fears with that, especially coming off of Fallout 4, is that the Bethesda model somewhere along that chain is making it bigger with better graphics is good enough because a bunch of fans will fill in the gaps for us for free with mm. mods, which is basically what happened to Fallout 4. Um, that game is like basically a shell of an experience. And then just bench pe- and then they were just like, and people will mod it for us. But like the, the shell of the experience was not good enough for, for to have a really deep mod scene like their other games. Like right. Skyrim is like the, the thing that you're describing, like of people wanting more impact on their on hits in combat and wanting combat to feel more dynamic. They're like some of the most popular Skyrim mods when I was when I was playing it earlier uh, last year are people doing complete combat overhauls to make it more dynamic and to have more reactions and to have like injuries and, you know, you know, stuff like that happen in real time. And the new version of that game that they put out is just, we released Skyrim again, but curated a bunch of our, our fans mods and put it in the final release, which I'm still, I've said this before, but I'm mega curious what the business of that looked like. Do you think yeah. at some point Microsoft just has Obsidian make a new Fallout? Like they just oh, say like New Vegas 2. <laughs> yeah, like they just say, hey Josh Sawyer, clearly this other thing you're working on, Path of what's it? No, it's not Path of Exile. <laughs> Pillars of Eternity. Oh, yeah. Clearly this is not going anywhere. Like, what if you just made a fucking New Vegas 2? Yeah, I don't know. Depends on how big that check is. <laughs> I how mean, big they is- own both companies. They do. Yeah, they, they can do. Just do it now. They do. I mean, they could make them do it, but they should probably make it worth their while, I would say. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm sure having the freedom to do what they want is pretty valuable to them. But at the same time, selfishly, uh, I have also asked that question to myself. I'm like, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, what if Microsoft just does have them make New Vegas 2 or whatever the fuck? Because, uh, you know, it's about time that we get another one of these games that's actually good. I would love that. Um I, it's my been a thing, while. my thing with that is like, I wonder what the, I, how bad is the ego hit to Bethesda? How much of a stink does somebody like Todd Howard make over the idea of some, like their, their new corporate owners coming to them and saying like, we're taking away one of your franchises because you're not good enough at making <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they took perfect dark away from rare, which is That's like true. an uncharitable way of putting it. But like, <laughs> but rare wasn't making Skyrim level hits, you know, like yeah. rare ha- doesn't have that cachet. Yeah, that's true. true. Yeah, that's true. Except for Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, which, you know, I think they just released <laughs> on the uh, Xbox Series X uh, last yeah. week, actually. Mm. It's got it's great incredible. mod support this time. Uh, of course it does. I would play um, that game with mods. I, I'm actually oh, kind of surprised they never, like, they could amazing. very easily do a remaster of that game that is, like, more, I don't want to say Minecraft-like, but takes the lessons from the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They should make a sequel to Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. Genuinely, yes, I think that'd be amazing. Nuts and more bolts, <laughs> not more nuts and bolts, or more nuts and more bolts. Same amount of nuts. Same amount bolts. of nuts. I agree. Um, uh, let uh, Let's talk about uh, two more things. Uh, Yakuza sell, uh, went on to sell 2.8 million copies on PC. That's amazing. That's a pretty mm. big boost. Uh, those games came out came out on PC not that long ago. Um, and yeah, that's pretty big news. I imagine that is contributing to some discussions at like Sega, wherever of like, 
what the fuck do we do about judgment? Like, yeah, right. Sure. Still no PC version. And like, we can, there's lots of speculation, both like reported and not of why that is, but it is like leaving money on the table at this point. Like does, does that main character, like that actor sell more copies than he's costing at this point? Right. Probably not. Right. Probably not. Especially not outside of the U S or outside of Japan. Yeah. I don't think there's a ton of, uh, Yagami fervor. Outside of Japan, <laughs> probably not. Right. Yeah. If anything, it's it, it always seems to me like the the fervor is more around their original characters than than like you know Kiryu and Majima and stuff like that, who are obviously have longtime voice actors who have always done those characters' voices, but they're not based on real people's faces. Yeah, yeah. I well, well we were talking about this earlier with the From Software thing of like Miyazaki and like how they attach his name to everything. Sure. Because like when when you know Miyazaki's not on it, it like whether you can help it or not in your head, there's a moment of like, is this bad decision because Miyazaki wasn't here? I fear that's what's going to happen with Yakuza Eight. Mm. Of like that game was probably done before Nagoshi left, or not done, yeah. but like the the principal work on that game was done. Right. I kind of wonder what I, if I go into is it, like, is this decision this was ma- like? Are they leaning too hard on nostalgia because Nagoshi's not there? Or are they not leaning hard enough on nostalgia because he's not there? Like right. that kind of thing of like, no matter what direction they take it, that's going to be in the back of my head. Yeah, is this like you know those games? I would say even it sounds like I have not played all of uh I've not barely touched Lost Judgment specifically, but I've even heard like some stuff about like Lost Judgment and like the way that it tries to tackle real world issues and stuff like that. Yakuza 7 also came under a little tiny bit of fire, maybe not even fire, but there was a lot of discussion over the the themes that they want to to get at cuz the Yakuza games don't shy away from real world issues a lot of the time. Like right. or or things that like, you know, are definitely playing on real world concerns. Like Yakuza 3 is about Kiryu trying to stop uh, the U.S. military from building a military base in Japan and like mm-hmm. establishing a, a military foothold there. Uh, Yakuza 4 is about um, Kiryu and uh, Saijima and all of those cats uh, basically destroying a for-profit, a secret for-profit prison in the Japanese, in the Japanese uh, uh, legal system. Yeah. And four, uh, 7 kind of gets into some stuff about like uh, right wing. It's, it's about like the yeah, populism. it's about the people that like conservatives throw away, like yeah. sex workers and old people and homeless people and stuff like that. And I'm, yeah. I'd be curious to see like how deftly or not deftly those things in sub stories and in the main story get handled going forward. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm just curious. Like, is that series going to be one of those things that's like more successful from now on, but not as recognizable to old fans, or is it like going to be entirely the same and it just feels different because. We we know that someone involved is not involved anymore. Right, right, yeah. There, there's yeah. also the the thing of like you know the Star Wars effect of a lot of the people probably working on Yakuza at this point were probably people who were because you know the first game was like 2001 ish. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's probably a lot of people who basically grew up playing those games, and one of the things you can run into with people 
who uh, grew up with a thing working on the thing that they grew up with is just going back to that well. Like you were saying, like playing too hard into nostalgia. You look at like J.J. Abrams' Star Wars, it's like, what we'll just do Starkiller base, and we'll just do the Death Star again. You know, that yeah. sort of shit. And like, let's yeah. always reset back to zero and characters aren't allowed to grow at all because they need to look like they looked like when I was a kid. Or I understood that I liked this thing. I didn't understand why I liked this thing. You know, I, right. I feel like that's a thing we run into a lot in American media, and I don't know how much of a thing that is in J- Japanese media necessarily. Well, it's like how Pokemon just always goes back to the same well of 150 Pokemon. Because, you know, like, that's the one that people who are 20, 30 years old grew up with. Mm-hmm. And, they're, like, there are, people, there are people who are, like, Gen 1 or nothing. There's very rarely people who are, like, yeah, Gen 4 or nothing. Like, right. so you, you play to those people. And I kind of... With any long running series, you run the risk of like just trying making trying to make your whole audience appreciate what our focus on what one audience focuses on. And I don't want that specifically to happen to Yakuza. Or it could be like the Final Fantasy thing where they're like, fuck it, here's the here's the motifs. We don't care what like this these are probably different RPGs that are just called Final Fantasy. Right. But yeah. this has a Jacobo in it, so we can place the branding <laughs> on it. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh yeah i mean the future of this franchise is definitely um i don't know what are those weird like black boxes for me i don't totally know what to expect but it's it'll be interesting have you played through all the way through a yakuza game john no i've played about half of yakuza zero i've played about five hours of like a dragon oh okay yeah so you, you put in some time though Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I like the series. It's just, just all the, also one of those things where it's like, it's calling to me and I'll never be able to do anything else if I get really deep into it. So I'm, I'm kind of scared of it in a way. Um, mm. But I I am excited to devote a lot of time to it at some point. Um, it's a good series. I'm glad it exists. Um, even though she moves better. Anyway, let's move on. Um, <laughs> Easily the biggest lie ever told in this podcast. <laughs> Shut up. The, great, Shut yeah, the greatest up. lie the devil ever told was convincing John that Shenmue was better than Shenmue's Yakuza. Shenmue's great. Um, <laughs> let's, let's talk about uh, maybe maybe the funniest story of this past week. Uh, Dying Light 2 devs uh, took to social media to say that the game takes 500 hours to complete. Um, everyone knew that was kind of bullshit, but like... Let's let's just take that at face value for a second. Um, why is that a brag? Right. Who is yeah. who is that brag for? Yeah, I feel like it's there's for some someone. People, yeah, there are people who like buy two games a year and are like, yeah, yeah I, I, the great. It's a Skyrim long. I can play this for the entire year. Yeah, but I feel like it turns off just as many people as yep. like you get on board because I, I had people like in my mentions being like, yeah, I was, I was on the fence and now I'm just fully off the fence because I I don't have 500 hours to play a game. Well, it's a, it's a tacit announcement that you've put a ton of bloat in your video game. I feel like, I mean, like there's no way that this game is any sort of amount of fresh for 500 hours. There's just no way. Right. Um, Especially when we've heard that the real estimate to get through the main campaign is more like 20 to 30 hours, I believe. So it's like, also, too long, I think. Also too long for that kind also, of game. Also too long for a first-person parkour zombie game thing. Um, now it is. It's got role-playing elements and some like faction stuff going on in this new one that I'm not sure the original really dealt with. Yeah. But like it, it, like it is a role-playing game. Like they're 
packaging it that way. But yeah. I still am like, okay, I don't know if this is something I could get into for 20 hours, let alone 500. Um, but yeah. Video game pacing is really hard, and I feel like it gets harder when people expect games to justify their value yeah. in a way that like, like there's a, there's an old Yoko Taro video where he talks about he could make the, the best five minutes of a video game ever, but he would never be able to get that like green lit because you can't sell it for $60 because games right. at that point were 60 bucks. I think as we move the game prices up, which is like, I think not entirely unreasonable. There are arguments for and against it. More people are like, oh, well, this game better last much longer. This game better be better because it's seventy. It's $10 more than like it would have been a generation ago. And I don't think that necessarily holds true. And I think that expectation is causing us to like bloat games a bit too much. Like mm-hmm. if you came and told me God of War Ragnarok is twice as long as God of War PS4, I would say, boy, that sounds like it's way too long for a God of War game. Yeah, I don't want to play that right now. But... I, I'm sure there are people who love God of War PS4. I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, now I'm going to play this for even longer. And I I think that's a slippery slope that's going to end up with a bunch of bloated, very bad video games. Yeah. I mean, really bad. Um, I, I, I am actually in the camp of people who was kind of tentatively excited about this game. I don't yeah. think I, I don't like zombie games like zombies scare me and they do like i don't like (laughs) i don't like stuff running after me but i do like kind of the i i kind of like the central conceit of what i was seeing and i was like okay this is interesting you know this might be a a fun thing to sink a weekend into and now that i'm like well you're not even gonna fucking scratch the surface if you spend a weekend on it i'm like okay well maybe never mind so yeah i i wonder how much of this is just like specifically a marketing tactic because it's a single player only game. I mean, it's got co-op, so it's multiplayer in that sense, but it's a, you know, it's not co-op in the sense that monster hunter or, um, Warframe or something is where it's like infinitely repeatable content in that way. Yep. As far as I know, you Uh, you know what a much better argument is than our account is mm. here's a single player game. You'll hit credits at this point. We have this and this and this for updates. Like Genshin impact is not, I've played that game for 500 hours at this point. I shouldn't have that. That's not a great game, but the fact that they keep updating it with new content means they're constantly coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly agree. Like that was, I mean, that worked wonders for monster hunter world. Like the, like a game that is probably one of my top three, if not my top favorite game of all time, mm-hmm. like that game, you hit credits and then especially after Iceborne, and then there's this monster and this monster and this monster and new area, new stuff, new armor, new gear, new everything. But you do, complete the story of monster hunter world fairly quickly, like in the grand scheme of things, but they have then built a game around that nugget of a, of a core experience that, that makes you naturally want to return back to the game over and over. I like this, this announcement made me think of a conversation I was having with Nikki not too long ago when they announced that the into the spider verse two, like sequel will be like at least a two parter with it. Cause they, they showed that trailer and it said part mm-hmm. one at the beginning or chapter one or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Nikki's response was, this is the first time I've ever been excited to see a chapter one or a part one on one of these movies. And I said, yeah, because because it, it occurred to me at the time, because this is like the first one of these movies I've seen where they they did a cool, experimental, fun thing that people just organically 
came to and enjoyed a lot and became a critical darling. And then they said, people want more of this. So we'll just give them more of this and not we are like, we have decided out of the gate that this is going to be a six movie franchise before anybody has seen the first one. It's not like the Hobbit and the Dune movie and all of that <laughs> right. other stuff. Like, Dunk. like <laughs> Dunk. It's not like Dunk, you know? Uh, I just, Oh God. I, yeah, well, I'll have, I'll save Dunk thoughts for later. Um, but like, this is, that's a situation where in dying light, like dying light has an audience. People like the first dying light. Yeah. I don't know anybody who was like, and the thing I want from Dying Light is 500 more hours of it immediately. (laughs) Yeah, like, wasn't it kind of like a tight little package, like, in its first go around? I feel like it was, like, it it wasn't, like, the beefiest experience, right? Right. Well, they did the thing that Imran literally just said, which is they put out that game, and then they supported the shit out of the original yeah, Dying Light. They're sure. still, they just put out a new expansion for it like two weeks ago or something. But it's like, you have these tight experiences that keep getting added to the game though. It's like, it's not totally. one, like, there's something so different about like, yeah, it's just, it's exactly what y'all said. You know, there's this thing, it's a core thing, you'll be done with it and then there's extra stuff. But right. this is this is totally different. I mean, it just feels, it feels exhausting to think about how the default package of this game is so fucking huge. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I It'll be interesting to see if it works for them, though, like in terms of the game's success. Like, I don't know about Critical or whatever, but it's like, does this gamble of saying it's the biggest thing we've ever done by a fucking country mile, uh, d- does that work better than what they did the first time around? I don't know. Yeah, which is just, th- which is wait and see people like this and then, oh, you like it? Well, here's more and more and right. more and just pay us five bucks and you can have a little bit more, which yep. seems like a great model to me. Yeah, Honestly, if they reverse this advertising campaign, it was like, you can finish the main campaign in 20 hours, but if you want to do this, this, and this, like if they start that at the start, yeah. it would be work way better. Cause yeah. then I can look at that and go like, yeah, 20 hours is probably fine compared to like the 500 other people are doing like, or I could, I'll just play five, 10 hours and be like, all right, I'm good. But which is immediately what they did. With, yeah. But them starting with here's 500 hours. Like that, that's the trip from Warsaw to Spain. Like, <laughs> well, I'm not going to walk to Warsaw to Spain for <laughs> Various reasons, but one of them being that it takes 500 hours. Like, yeah. But yeah. honestly, probably that walk is more fulfilling than playing Dying Light too. But what right. a fucking we! I, I I what a fucking weird analogy to make. Like it, it'll take you the same amount of time to walk from Warsaw to Madrid or whatever, and it's like no one knows what how who has a fucking. A frame of reference for that ever. It's like yeah. you you can if you turned on your kitchen faucet now, it would fill the entire stadium of uh the entire Dallas Cowboys Stadium uh in 500 hours. It's like I have no fucking frame of reference for this. Like, what are you talking about? Um I don't know. I, th- this is a this is an interesting looking game that got less interesting when they were honest about what's in it, which yeah. is which is scary. Al- also, to be clear, none of the people on this podcast are reviewing that game. That's true. Yeah. 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 That is true. Uh, and they did also, like, I will they say. They walked to, it back a little bit. They walked it back. <laughs> they, yeah. they sent us an email that was just like, hey, we saw your article about um, it being 500 hours. We want to clarify the game's like 20 hours long. And if you replay it, 
it you can do this and this and this. Well, I remember when I saw that game during the uh, that that beautiful last E3 that we ever did. Uh, beautiful because now it's dead and in the ground. Now it's dead. Um, <laughs> um, when they showed that game to me for the first time, what they were showing off was they what they really wanted to hammer home was. You can do this whole level, and at the end of the level, you get to decide if you turn this water pump back on or if you don't. And that's because yeah. you're like you're fighting your way through like this facility, and you get to the end. And so, do you kill this guy and tur- like change the water flow or not? And they like explain like at the very end when they turn off the water pump or or redivert the water, it like drains this entire flooded section of the city, and then these like mutated water zombies start crawling out of that area. So it's like, oh, you've revealed this entire section of the city that wouldn't be available on this playthrough uh yep. otherwise but now that you've um uh, done that like you can go back and replay the game and make a different choice and something else will happen instead and i feel like they've that. gotten away from talking about that element of the game because they delayed the shit out of this game a couple of times and like went into <laughs> this game was also another thing that they showed very much at that press uh event was i think chris avaloni was there uh, in the room. Weird they us. don't trot him out anymore. Weird that they kind of yeah. just stopped Weird. talking about all that element, all that <laughs> stuff. So, uh, like, they went real dark after, like, a week or two after that, because it was, like, I think literally, like, a couple weeks before the stuff with Chris Avalone came out. Uh, and they went real dark, and haven't really talked a ton about that sort of stuff since, for as much as they have talked about this game, because um, they've done a lot of marketing for it. They're really, really, really pushing Dying Light 2 as a big thing. So I did that thing in the demo of like that you can turn the water or whatever, but like in the demo it was you can give the water to this faction or this faction. So I don't know if it like makes that big a difference. But yeah. also when developers say you can go like you can make this choice or this choice and then go back later and see the other choice, I'm never gonna do that. I yeah. am never like never. unless your game is just Mass Effect and I'm in college again. Like we, I'm never gonna go back and see what the other choice actually led no. to. Uh-uh. Which there's something cool about that too. The idea of like yeah, it's no, yours. It's sometimes yours. You, you just don't get to see all the content, and that's yeah. fine. Yeah, if it's like a really big thing, I might YouTube it, and that's the most sure. I'm willing to commit. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I did with Mass Effect or whatever. There's the three endings or whatever. I was like, I uh, don't give a fuck about this. So, yeah, yeah I just want to see how they ended up. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. This game comes out soon, right? Yeah, uh, it's a couple of weeks two, away. Yeah, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Fe- early February, I think. Early Feb. Oh, I think, wow. it, they, slot, they slotted it into a very not busy February. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Thanks, y'all. Um, Next episode of 99 Potions is just going to be us talking about all the games coming out in February. Uh-huh. Probably. Um, it's a it's a nightmare. I mean, it's fun, but it's a nightmare. Uh, we should lots, do a game of the year just for February. We should. Game of the year <laughs> February. So we just can't talk. We're not allowed to talk about any games from February at the end of 2022 because we've already given out those awards. (laughs) We've already given out that award. Yeah. Um, God, that'd be funny. Uh, Well, let's uh, let's uh, wrap this thing up, shall we? We've been going for a little while and uh, we've covered a lot of news from the past six weeks or so. Um, John, would you say that you're dying to finish? No. Stay human. I just, I, just, <laughs> I just gave Jordan a really fun uh, blank space to figure out something fun to do with. Uh, if you 
like what we uh, do here at Fanbyte, you can uh, follow uh, Fanbyte Media at Fanbyte Media on Twitter. You can check out all of our podcasts at podcastnet.org. You can check out our uh, uh, Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash fanbyte. We often stream uh, goofy RPGs and things like that. We don't always stream RPGs, but we do often if you like RPGs. Um, And yeah, we'll have some really nice stuff at the end of February. We will definitely have Merit Souls uh, doing Elden Ring. So that's a really fun uh, Elden Ring first play. I can't wait for that. It's like, I'm seriously, seriously looking forward to that. That's going to be really fun. Um, Steven, where can folks find you online? You can find me online at Steven Strom, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-T-R-O-M on Twitter.com slash Steven Strom, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-T-R-O-M. Thank you, Stephen. Um, and you can, of, of course, find Imran at Imran Z-O-M-G because I'm channeling mm-hmm. Natalie Flores right now. But uh, Imran, where can folks find you online? Because I'm going to make you say it now. You can find me on Twitter at Imran Z-O-M-G or on <laughs> fanbyte.com. You can find Natalie, our, uh, our, our gremlin that sometimes is on the show. Um, you can find her at uh, Heart Amicia. You can find me at Floppy Adult. You can find our wonderful producer, Jordan Mallory, at Jordan underscore Mallory. Uh, and oh God, that's about that's about it. I think I did everything I could possibly say. So let's uh, let's get up to the bar. Let's uh, get ourselves a potion, and uh, let's pop the top on this thing and.